welcome to the Kids Planet Podcast. An opportunity to explore the highs and lows of raising under fives. Here are your hosts from the Kids Planet marketing team, Sarah Murphy and Emma Pulowski. Hello and welcome to this month's podcast where we'll be discussing big families and more specifically raising multiples. So to discuss this topic, we've invited Alex Galbally, otherwise known on Instagram as Daddy to Triplet Girls, to join us and tell us all about his experiences so far raising his brood of five. Okay, so hello Alex and how are you today? Hello Emma, I'm very well, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me on. Thank you very much for coming on. if you wouldn't mind just giving our listeners a little bit of information about both you and your family, um, as I know you've had an interesting journey getting to where you are today as a family of seven. Yeah, that's certainly uh, an understatement, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, just to give you a bit of context, so I, um, I've i married to my wife, Charlotte. Her, we've been married 10 years. Um like like many people, we decided to have children not long after we got married. That didn't quite happen as quickly as we'd hoped. Um, but after a couple of years of trying, we eventually had Henry, who's now eight. Um, amazing, best day. Well, I can't say best day of my life because I've had more than one child, but you know what I mean. Yeah, um, <laughs> at the time. <laughs> at the time. Um, but very obviously... Because I've had, I'll go into it later. But having triplets, I've had very different births, as you can imagine. So, not not me personally, but my wife. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then um, we thought, right, that's it. We can have as many children as we want whenever we want now, because we've had one. Um, and a couple, about a year after we had Henry, we started trying again. Um, took a couple of years again, weren't happening. So um, we went and got some advice. Um, Went, went privately in the end um, because the NHS, because we'd already had a child, they the waiting list's long enough anyway. We would have been at the bottom of it. So yeah. um, we went private. They said to us, do you want to put one or two eggs in? We said two because nothing ever works in life. So at least we've got two chances of it not working. Um, mm. One egg split. Both took. And we ended up with triplets, um, <laughs> which was... Like, I can't even tell you what a shock it was. It was ridiculous. Um, like, yeah. I've got no... I don't know anyone with triplets. I've got no... Yeah. I don't even know anyone with twins, I don't think. Um, and it was all just crazy. I had them, had three girls, um, Annabella, Florence and Lottie. Um, and then, despite the fact that we were led to believe that we weren't going to be able to have any more children naturally... Um, by chance, we, my wife fell pregnant again, um, and we had Jimmy, who's now two. So, um, <laughs> I then had the snip, which is ironic because um, I went from trying and hoping and praying to have children to now saying I can't physically have any more. Yeah, I'm not allowed. I'll, I'd have more, but Charlotte doesn't want any more, so that's it. <laughs> um. So, obviously, after your not so easy journey um mm. Henry it must have been like you said a huge surprise with when you got pregnant with the girls um yeah. I was wondering how did you how were your reactions different as in you and Charlotte like what were your thoughts compared to hers did you start googling pregnancy and life with triplets etc or were you laid back or was it different for each of you 
it's uh, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I think we both kind of the initial reaction is like one of disbelief and shock yeah. and just what on earth does that mean? Um, yeah. You know, uh, but then I think for me personally, I then went into kind of, um, I, I suppose it's like survival mode. So I was like really worried something was going to go wrong. Um, oh. Like, because obviously you're talking about multiple pregnancy, you're talking about, you know, the chances of something, and this is something that the hospital told us continually, don't get excited, don't buy anything, don't buy three really? pots. Yeah, they were, they were trying to keep our feet on the ground. And mm. I, was, I was worried when Charlotte was pregnant with Henry. I was, every morning I was, like, terrified that something was going to go wrong. Um, so when she was pregnant with three, it was... It, it, I mean, I'd like to say that we were laughing and joking, but we weren't. It, it, was, it was quite serious you know like she had a bleed at work and we had to call an ambulance um you know I didn't want her going out not not like not going out but I didn't want her like having the opportunity to fall over or you know for anything to go wrong and but also was trying to manage the expectations that if something does go wrong we're going to have to deal with it like if one of the we didn't know they were girls at the time if one of them doesn't make it then we're going to have to prepare ourselves for that because that's quite a strong possibility. If that, I know that sounds quite brutal, but I, I was trying to make it so if that did happen, we could deal with it. Um, and thank God it didn't happen. But that was something that really worried me. So I just was like a nervous wreck the whole time. Um, every time we had a scan, which we were having two weekly scans at one point, I was just so relieved it was over and that they were all right and there was three heartbeats and yeah that Charlotte was all right so yeah but I think once we got to once we got to about 30 weeks the doctor basically said to us if you get to 30 weeks then it it's going to be all right you know barring something going wrong um yeah well don't yeah did you get booked in to like have them quite early I guess cuz I know my friend had twins and I think she got booked in at like 32 weeks to have a yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't think they um, obviously things might have changed from four years ago, but they won't let you go over thirty four weeks with triplets. Yeah. So she was booked in and had a C section at thirty four. Well, it was actually thirty three weeks and six days. So she done amazing to get to that. Um, Gosh, yeah. But she was ready to explode. I think. Um, <laughs> imagine. Yeah, I can't. How like how much did they weigh when they came out? So they were two, three, and four pounds, which oh, like, wow. for, for anyone listening is probably like, oh, my God, that's so small. But I would have agreed. But having been through it, I now realise that that is it's not normal, but a lot of people have small premature babies and they, in most cases, thank goodness, they end up being absolutely fine. Um, and, you know, they need a little bit more care at the beginning and mm. they might develop a slightly slower, but um, generally, even though they were really small, they didn't really have any health problems. They were in hospital for two weeks, but that was only because Lottie, who was two pound, needed a little bit more support with her breathing and stuff. Um, oh, yeah. If she hadn't been so small, we'd have probably gone home after a few days. That's not very long at all, actually. I was going to say two weeks. I would have thought it would have been no, longer, especially when they come out. Six so... months. Yeah. Like, yeah. There were people who'd been in there six, eight months um yeah so we were so lucky 
and how was it when they arrived? Like, how was Charlotte's recovery compared to with Henry? Because obviously it was three children. How oh, did she get on? It was dreadful. So, um, so with Henry, um, she had a natural birth, and we were actually fortunate enough to have um, Henry in a uh, low risk birthing unit, which is for if people don't know what that is, it's like a. Obviously, I can only talk about in our case. I'm sure they're different across the country, but ours was like a really old Victorian hospital and you could stay in there for two weeks if you wanted to. Um, mm, oh, wow. And, like, you, I could sleep in there in a bed and there was a lounge with coffee and tea. It was brilliant. Um, so the, all the midwives helped you learn how to breastfeed and um, how to change and bath a baby. It was it was really nice. Um, and Charlotte, out of choice, stayed in there for a couple of nights just so we could get our um, heads around it all and, um, yeah. like, kind of learn what we were doing before we come home um with the girls unfortunately she had a i might be I'm not, i might not be medically accurate but from what i can remember she had a bad reaction to to the clexin which is a drug that they inject into you after you have a um section c-section yeah. to, to thin your blood or something um yeah. She had a one in a million reaction and ended up really poorly. Um, like a whole a whole body and face swelled up. She ended up in hospital for eleven days, so she couldn't even hold the the baby, the, the babies, um, and she was like really ill. Um, and obviously, you've just had three babies. They're all in incubators. There's alarms going off. Um, you yeah. don't really know what's going on. It was pretty. It weren't it weren't very nice, um, but equally. She recovered, and being in hospital was the best place to be when they were that little. And again, they were having to be fed milk through the tube. Um, they were on oxygen and stuff, so it kind of like I wouldn't have wanted them at home at that point. I don't think um, it was nice to for them to be in there. We were there all the time, obviously. Yeah. She slept there, um, and we just got into a bit of a routine and I'll never forget the doctor. This was so bizarre. One of the doctors in there had triplets and he said to me, no "No matter what you do, you have to have a routine um, that you have to like live and die by or you will not have a life. Um, And I'll never forget it. And I sort of at the time just thought, I don't know what you're talking about really. Um, Like we, we had to feed them every two hours. We had to change them every two hours, you know, all the usual stuff, but yeah. We turned it into like a military operation where nothing, and I mean nothing, got in the way of them going to bed at a certain time, them being fed at a certain time, and we've kind of carried that on through their lives, and it's made us, it's enabled us to have a life alongside having them, which I know sounds quite dramatic, but you can imagine like three babies at once. I went back to work. Henry was only four, three or four. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we had to just really get our heads around it. And I was never one for routine with Henry. Like, we used to go around our friend's house and he could sleep in his travel cot on the sofa. And, we'd, you know, we weren't that worried about all that sort of stuff. But with them, we had to completely change. And how did you manage to find your feet with the routine then? Obviously, we imagine that bedtime would, you know, be difficult um, in the early days. Did you get any sleep, that kind of thing? To be honest... When we obviously in hospital was fine because you're getting told what to do and it's all written on a whiteboard, um, and they each had their own little bed, like in a bay. So 
you know, at, at two, it would say two o'clock, this happens, four o'clock, this happens. Um, we tried to adapt that approach when we got home, so not really change anything. So we bought three Moses baskets down to the front room, which would be essentially the same as like it would be in hospital, so they could sleep during the day. Um, and then we just tried to mirror what, what went on in hospital because that seemed to work. And obviously yeah. there was nights where they were all crying all night. There was days where they... Cause they I can't imagine. Colic. Yeah, they all had colic. Um, oh, God. There was things like, you know, as always with babies, you know, one day they just decide they don't want to eat um, anything or, or drink their milk, you know what I mean? Um, there would be a day where, you know, they've got upset stomach, whatever it is there'd be all that stuff going on. So there was bumps in the road. But generally, we tried to keep it the same as the hospital. But in saying that, I remember both of us laying on the floor in their bedroom crying because we were like, I just can't do this. I physically and mentally can't do this. I don't know what we're going to do. It's completely overwhelming. All they do is cry. We don't really know what we're doing because even though we've had one, we haven't had three at the same time. We haven't got anyone to talk to because no one knows what they're... No one can advise us. You can't bring your mum up and go, oh, what do we do about this? Because they don't mm. know. Um, which was kind of mm. um, where Instagram kind of started, really, because I found that by kind of blogging, and I didn't even know what blogging was when I started doing it, by blogging what I was doing every day, it was mentally making me feel better because I was kind of channeling it out then I was getting loads of people telling me how great I am for just surviving which was nice and it made me feel like motivated but then also managed to connect with a few other people that had triplets that we could ask questions to which then in turn made me think I want to do the same for people that are going to have triplets Um, Mm -hmm. and then we ended up not I wouldn't say it's like a triplet community because it's not at all but it, like I've become kind of when someone first has triplets now, not always, but sometimes they'll, they'll drop me a message and say, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm like, just give me a call and we'll talk about it. It's fine. Um, and I've spoke to quite a few people um, about how it isn't going to be as bad as they think it is and what they need to do and what they can, things they might want to buy. And things yeah. they don't want to waste their money buying that they don't need. That's just that's so good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really good advice. Yeah, um, it's the positive side of social media, isn't it? Really. Um, but we were going to say actually, when when did you actually start to notice you were like sort of gathering quite a following? Because you have got quite a following now. Um, like, yeah. when did that start? Did it start when they were like one or two? No, it starts. So, like, I basically. The night that they were born, I got back from hospital because mm. Henry couldn't come up there because I don't think you're allowed children in a high dependency antenatal unit. Um, yeah. I think so. He was being looked after by family, so I weren't allowed to stay in the hospital. So I come home and I was completely like, I don't know, I can't even describe. I, I was like, what the hell has just happened? Um, I've just watched three babies get taken out of my wife's stomach. Yeah, like shell-shocked. Yeah, completely. And I don't really know what's going to happen. I haven't got enough money. I haven't got a big enough house. How am I going to go work? How am I going to feed them all? Charlotte's not very well. Um, Anyway, my 
son, I said to him, what do you want to do? Like, this sounds terrible, but I didn't tell him they were born. I, we told him they were born on the weekend because we wanted him to meet them first and not be worried about it. So he went up, this is on the Thursday, we took him up the hospital on the Saturday because you were allowed up at the weekend and we sort of made out that they'd been born that day just so he didn't, you know what four-year-olds are like. I'd be like, oh, mummy's laying in hospital with three babies that are in hospital. And I didn't want him to worry about it. I couldn't tell him that they were born. I was just sitting there and I said, what do you want to go and do? And he was like, should we just go and throw some stones down the river and in, the, in, the, in the water? And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I want to go and do. And we went down there, chucking these stones in. And something just hit me that I wanted to share this moment. And it was so like, it, it was such a big moment. Even that sounds really small. It was like this has just happened to me. I'm standing here with my son throwing stones in the river and I need, I need to share this for some reason. And I, and I sh that was my first ever post, I think. And um, yeah. And then I don't know what happened really. It just kind of, it kind of gained momentum. Like it just, I started getting like, I think I got like a hundred people following me and I was like, blimey, I didn't even, I weren't even on Instagram. I didn't even really know what it was. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of nice, I suppose. Um, and then, yeah, very organic. Yeah, but I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Um, <laughs> I, basically, I followed about the first thousand people back because I thought you just had to follow people back. So I've still got people on there now that I can't unfollow because I think it will just look rude. <laughs> and I don't know who they are. <laughs> and they're like random people. And I see them like going around their families for dinner. And I just think, who's that? And then I think, <laughs> like, must be. And I think they've unfollowed me since. So I don't know who they are. but <laughs> so um, funny. Yeah, it's random. But, um, oh. yeah, and then, it, I don't know, really. It just, I mean, it, it's been slow the last few years. I think you obviously are interested in social media. It's different. It's different these days. Like, you know, you get you get restricted on what gets shown and it's very slow, slow growth. But yeah. still, I'm just happy with what I've got and, you know, I still get loads of support and I've met some really great people on there and been lucky yeah, enough to go to loads of events and stuff. So, yeah, it's cool. I think all that, um, what you were saying earlier about not quite a triplet community but kind of a triplet community, you can see it, like, on your on your mm. posts. You can see people, like, supporting you and other people with multiples. It's really nice. Oh, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, I, I've got, I've got like, a few people that literally message... If, I, if we don't post a story for... 12 hours they're like are you all right um <laughs> you know like not in a creepy way but kind of no, like, it's like extended family isn't yeah, it isn't it yeah they yes. genuinely care like um you know so it's nice um obviously as it's downsides and stuff um like everything does but um you know it has been positive mainly brilliant and you mentioned before about um when you told henry about the triplets and mm. um, I was interested to find out how you kind of adapted going from the family of three to the family of six that you were then. Well, it didn't. It just didn't work at all <laughs> because <Right>. obviously, <laughs> like your car's not big enough. Then you haven't got enough bedrooms in your house. Then your buggy. There isn't. A, there's no such thing as a triplet buggy in mother care. Do you know what I mean? Really. Um, yeah. No. No. Because I spoke to them and they. This is like pre Instagram, so it weren't like. I was talking to them as someone with a big account. I was just, like, talking to them as a, a dad, normal yeah. geezer. And they were like, well, no, because we sell, like, ten of them a year. So why would we have them in our store? And, I, and I, that's fair enough. Um, obviously, Mother Care's no longer gone. I love that place. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, um, everything's just kind of 
there's it, it like even like um getting a hotel like you've got too many people for one room like from a fire eggs perspective um you just have and, to think about everything a lot more it seems <laughs> yeah basically and then um like just even just silly things like um kind of like say your car um mm. you're like well we can't have a normal car but then if we get a big car we have to have the back seats down which means we haven't got a big boat but we've got a triplet buggy so therefore we need a van um <laughs> yeah. and then you know all this kind of all stuff like that um that so i mean we adapted really well and we tried to keep henry's life normal so you know trust me i was so exhausted but i'd still like go and play football with him in the garden every night or um Aww. play lego with him and we tried to like get him to help us you know what kids are like when you have when you have your well in our case second third and fourth at the same time but when you have your second one normally your first one will help out and you know like change, help change him and just stuff like that so he he enjoyed it um and his life wasn't massively kind of um impeded in any way i don't think um yeah, we tried yeah. to try to keep it you know we did we felt guilty on him because Obviously, not not in a negative way, but this has just happened out of nowhere, and yeah. we've got to deal with this. And that doesn't mean that you need to get sidelined because, um, you know, we've got three little babies. Obviously, there would be times where we'd just be like, "Henry, please, just go and watch that and let us deal with this." Um, but he's quite he was quite grown up. He always has been, so he's always been cool. I think he's probably benefited from it, if anything. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, and as um as the girls have gotten a bit older when did you start to see their individual personalities coming through i think probably from the beginning it was something that always startled me like oh really yeah we've had three children who were conceived and born at the same time we're one minute apart Mm -hmm. and they have been brought up exactly the same um but they've got different personalities they like different things they act different ways, and it always really made. I mean, obviously, I'm sure there's people that spend their lives analysing these things, but it made me realise that probably your parental influence has less influence on your children than you realise. In some cases, right? So, yeah, nature kind of thing. Yeah, that's my opinion. Um, I think children are kind of the way they're going to be, regardless. Obviously, if you are horrible to them, then they're probably going to have problems and. Equally, if you kind of over-mother them, they might be a bit over-mothered. But, I mean, just generally, if you kind of, just in a normal, standard situation, ours were completely different. Um, They, like, Annabella was so quiet, peaceful, calm. She was the easiest baby ever. Now, she's an absolute terror, like, drawing on the walls. Really? um, Like, wrestling (laughs) the others. And then... (laughs) Lottie's like completely doesn't need any she's so independent she's so fiery she's got like a real deep personality and then Florence is like the mother hen sort of thing of them all um and she's really cute and stuff and but like I say they've all been brought up the same no one got preferential treatment I think Lottie probably got cuddled a bit more because she was two pound whereas the others were three and four pound but that was because she was so tiny, but you know yeah. that she's ended up being the most independent. So it's just totally random. But um, 
yeah, they're all completely different now. They've they've got real individuality, and it's something actually that I've been thinking about quite a lot because obviously we've dressed them the same from the beginning, um, yeah. and now they're starting to go. I don't want to wear the same as her, um, <laughs> and we only did it because I look really cute. Um, <laughs> yeah. and B it was just easier to go to a shop and just buy free of something um, yeah. I know it sounds lazy but it was just you know it's like you I don't know I don't want don't to get too into fashion but say if you want like leggings and a top with a cardigan there isn't three different options of a similar thing there's just one so yeah that's what I was thinking actually yeah. like, that makes perfect sense <laughs> yeah so but now they're like um like, I want to wear um, denim shorts. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, and obviously, I don't want to I don't want to say no. So I'm like, yeah, fine, it's freezing, you can wear them. Um, and then, like, they're all picking different things out their wardrobes and, like, they're almost kind of rebelling against the whole dress the same thing, which I think is great. And yeah. I'm, I'm all for it. They can do whatever they want. They can wear what they want. I'm not bothered. Like, it's good for their personalities to come out. But certainly for the first four years probably we just kept them dressed the same um but it just shows their personalities which is a really good thing i don't want them to always be labeled as the triplets um which they are probably because it's always you know it is what it is but i I want them to be their their own personalities and individuals yeah it's really interesting and out of interest are they identical triplets um two of them are so the egg that split are identical the second egg that didn't split is Lottie and she's not identical. Oh right, okay. But it's so weird. Like when when um when I we went to um I can't remember why we went they went to get their jabs or something ages ago, not not COVID like um inoculation things. And mm. um there was these two really old women in, in the hospital and they were obviously twins because they were dressed the same. And I was sitting there chatting to them and they were telling me that like there's been instances in their lives where like one of them will feel like a pain in their chest and that's because the other one's fallen over and hurt herself and um wow. they've got this like spiritual kind of connection of you know they know if one of the if the other one's in pain or in danger and I just think that's so cool like um and it just blows my mind whether just the identical two are going to have that or all yeah. three of them or none of them or it might just be a made-up twin thing but i just think things like that are so interesting yeah it's really interesting i me and emma actually spoke about that before the call um, yeah we, we did know, we didn't know if it was a silly question or not <laughs> yeah. so, wow that would be so cool if twins yeah. could feel each other's pain no, yeah no yeah. There's, there's no I, I don't think it's a silly question there's probably a group of people that think oh whatever as if but you know obviously I think there's definitely something um, like, for instance, even now, if um, if you know if one of them's poorly and they come into our bed um, as children do, only the other identical twin will wake up and scream because the other one's not there. Like they can sense it. It's so weird. Um, no but way. Lottie doesn't cry. Lottie doesn't care. But them two, they can't be. <laughs> they can't be apart. Um, and they That's and so they'll just wake up. Even if they're like out of it, like completely sound asleep, and then we'll wake up and the other one will be on the floor asleep next to our bed where she's had to be next to her. Um, things like that. But then one of them today has had to go for a 
PCR test, so she's not at school, and the other one is at school, and she's absolutely fine. So they're not like, yeah, they can't be apart for a second. Like we've kind of deliberately made them be apart a bit because we don't want them to. There's going to be a time where they're going to be in different classes and stuff, and they need to, yeah, get their head around it. You know, yeah, definitely. Um, talking about um, the rest of the family, actually, because obviously now you're a family of seven. Yeah. Um, do all the siblings get on well as a whole? Um, and we were wondering how, of course, we were going to ask, how was lockdown as a family of seven? Yeah, so they get on really well. Um, like, we're quite strict. So yeah. if they kind of start, obviously there's always a bit of like, oh, she pinched me and he's done this and he's done that. And I'm just like, I'm not interested <laughs> like seriously i'm not interested see you later um but if they if they start fight like we have royal rumble like wrestling matches um when they all start actually fighting like you know we're really hot on not upsetting each other not being nasty to each other not leaving each other out and unfortunately the two identical ones do leave lottie out a bit um oh. like and there's not really anything we can do about it like we try and say let her play or they kind of walk around holding hands like two minions and then Lottie <laughs> standing over the other side of the garden and it, it wow. is a bit upsetting sometimes but mm. they've got a natural bond it's difficult to um what can I do um but no they get on really well like Jimmy he's two and he's got long blonde hair as well um so he thinks he's one of the triplets I think oh um, that's so cute I know everyone thinks he's a girl which I've just given up on even saying he's not anymore I'm just like yeah thanks um so yeah no they get on well um like we I, we just don't I just don't tolerate them not getting on well to be honest um yeah like, I guess you kind of have to remain in charge don't you when there's so many yeah and I think it comes from your own experiences with your siblings and stuff like I've got three brothers and we used to fight all the time and we don't really get on these days. Um, and yeah. that's sad and I, I don't want that to happen. So we're quite like, we try quite hard to make them all realise that they're family and they're brothers and sisters and, you know, they need to be nice to each other, basically. Yeah, yeah it's the best way. I think it, can, it can be the opposite, though. I used to argue like cat and dog with both of my sisters and now we're complete best friends. <laughs> Yeah, well, there you go. You never know what the right answer is. Like, yeah. I, I remember my mum and dad were like, um, always used to say to me, if you smoke, we'll throw you out the house. Like, even when I was like 12, um, and I smoked from when I was about 12 to I was about 20. So I think, obviously, sometimes laying down the rules and making threats or whatever doesn't, has the opposite effect. So you never really know what is the right thing to do. But, um, you know, obviously, they're going to fall out. They're going to, there's going to be incidents, but while they're all young, hopefully they can kind of get on most of the time. And they do, to be fair. And um, lockdown, really nice. to go on to your yeah. other question, um, it's been, to be honest, it's been, obviously, take if you take away why we've been locked down, so that side of things is dreadful and it's terrible. But from a selfish perspective, I've, I've been working from home for nearly two years and I've spent so much more time with my children. Um, yeah. Because I work in the city. Um and it, it, it's been so, it's been a privilege to be able to help Charlotte, to be here, to be present. You know, normally I'd be going out from seven till seven, maybe getting to kiss them goodnight if I'm lucky. Um, 
but yeah, I've 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 spent every day with Jimmy of his life. Um, oh yeah, girls have That's gone so to school nice. now, so I get to pick him up from school sometimes. And um, yeah, obviously it's been hard. Um, the homeschooling thing was was the same for everyone. It was a nightmare. Um, didn't really enjoy it. Neither did they. Um, but you know, we we got to do some things like we went camping in the garden. Um, oh. We had sports days. We had water fights. You know, obviously not at the moment because it's freezing. But um, we kind of did a lot of things that we might not have done, um, and just spent loads of time together. And we haven't. No one's had any massive fights yet. So um, that's really good. Yeah, it's been all right. But then you know, saying that, I remember when we first had the girls. I remember. Um, when I went to work every day, I just used to shut the front door and just think, thank God I'm going to work. Like, it's so hard at home. Um, they're so little, they're so demanding, it, it's just hard. And yeah. I know that sounds selfish, but it was such a nice thing to sit on a train for an hour and sit on my mm. phone and then see people at work and talk about football. And then I went to the gym and, yeah, in a way, it was nice to have that release. Um but obviously it's different now because it's fine. But I'm kind of glad if we'd been locked down when they were born, that might have been a bit different, I think. <laughs> yeah, can't even imagine. Um, although I bet Charlotte would have been happy. <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. I mean, I spent, I had two weeks uh, paternity leave and they were in hospital the whole time. So I didn't even get to um, be with them when they were at home. I had to go back to work. So she'd done incredible, to be fair, um, on her own with them. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Like, I've got so much respect for her for what she did and how she did it. And obviously, um, I've got this page and, like, if I take them to Costa for half hour, everyone thinks I'm, like, amazing. But she done all the nitty-gritty hard work behind the scenes, you know, when they were really little. Not all of it. Obviously, I did what I could. I used to get up in the night and um, yeah. I used to feed them. And I, I was there. I was present for as much as I could be. But she done the hard work. Yeah, I mean, I... As you know, I've just come out of the end of my maternity and one was, you know, hard. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't even imagine doing three. Oh, my goodness. No. Well, you're, Hats you're probably... Off Charlotte. You're pro- yeah, you're probably kind of glad to have a break, like, in a way. Well, yeah, I mean, to be honest, going back to work, it, I've had so much more energy. I just think it's... Mm. I think having a baby is more physically draining than you expect. Yeah, definitely. And, I, like, with three... Yeah, absolutely. Right, so we were going to ask, um, have you taken any trips with all of them yet? I guess with Jimmy being so young, maybe not, or maybe even a COVID staycation. Have you, just wondering if you'd managed to take the whole family out or maybe even before he came along, and if you had any tips for travel, if you have travelled um, with them? Yeah, so this is this is kind of where, I guess, just to give you some context around why... Um, so like when I first started Instagram, one of the things that I used to pride myself on was that I used to take, obviously Jimmy wasn't born then, but I used to take Henry and the three girls out on my own as a dad. Yeah. Um, and obviously to, to some mums, you probably, they probably think, oh yeah, whatever, well done. But as a, <laughs> as a bloke, that's quite, um, unusual, I think, um, especially just from speaking to a lot of my friends, like there's, they're so... I think dads are so worried about, and yeah. mums as well, but I think dads are so worried about everything going wrong, not knowing what mm. they're doing. And, yeah, definitely. And But I did it to give Charlotte a break more than anything because I was like, right, you watch Love Island or whatever it is, you have a bath, I'm going to go out for three hours and she'd be like, where are you going? I'll go, I don't know. But 
go wrong at the time um, because I wouldn't bring a bag and there'd be no nappies in it or something. But <laughs> in a way, it was like it, it, it taught me so much on the fact that I could do it. And I was so, I loved the bond that we had and I loved the attention I got, I won't lie. You know, obviously got three <laughs> little babies. So I had like 20 women talking to me. It was brilliant. Um, and I used to jokingly say, obviously I was joking, but I'd be like, they'd be like, where's mum? And I'd be like, oh, she's left us. It's just me and these. And, like, and, be like, oh. um, and obviously just for a, a bit of banter, that's what keeps you going. Um, but mm. yeah, we, I mean, we took them to centre parks when they were a month old. Um, I think people shouldn't fear... Um, obviously it's difficult at the moment there's different um, things going on in the world which means trips are slightly different but um, I think firstly dads shouldn't fear taking the kids out Um, I don't think you should overthink it it's just my opinion I think if you try and cater for every eventuality you're just going to end up being a nervous wreck taking out a big suitcase everywhere you go I used to just if I needed something there's a shop normally Anywhere yeah. you go, um, you know, if they're hungry, buy food. If obviously you don't want to be stupid, you're probably better off taking nappies. That was probably a bad decision, um, not taking anything like that. But I used to just love the fact that we'd just go out. I didn't know where we were going to end up, um, and also gave Charlotte a break, and she used to appreciate it, even just so she could wash her hair or something, you know. Um, yeah. And then going away. Um, yeah, we again just we just didn't used to overthink it. Like we just used to think, well, what are the things we need at home? What do we need to take? Um, you don't really need to take a steriliser. You don't need to take this, that, and the other. There's ways around things to just try and not make it such a chore to go away. If you know what I mean. Otherwise, you end up trying to replicate your life at home and just taking so much stuff that yeah. it comes like. I remember thinking, well can I be bothered to take everything away and it's just not fun because you're just trying too hard so yeah um, yeah like just break it down don't be afraid of it that, that's just my advice um and you know we went abroad with them when before they were one we went to center parks we used to go away for the weekends um it isn't like all children want as long as they're you know, fed, changed, got somewhere to sleep. That's all. That's all that matters, and it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really good advice. Um, and kind of on to you and Charlotte as a couple. How do you tend to find time to unwind? Do you have like a date night every so often? How do you make time for you two? Um, key to a successful relationship is don't talk to each other, and then you can't argue. So, <laughs> right. Uh, I'm joking, obviously. Um, <laughs> no, we. I've always tried to, I think date nights don't work because you do them for the first week or the first month and then you don't do it. So although we try it, we've tried that, it doesn't really end up happening. Um, But we try and do nice things for each other. So we try and arrange like a a meal out, a cinema night, uh, go lakeside shopping. You probably don't know what lakeside is, but because you're, you might not live here, but, you know, like um, shopping centre type thing. We just try our hardest, but then also we give each other that time with our friends and stuff. So I still play football. I like going to watch Tottenham. She goes out with her friends to these, she calls them brunches, but she just gets 
drunk out of her mind um, <laughs> at 11 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, in the morning, oh, um, and then stumbles home. But, you know, we don't, hold it against, we don't like, hold it against each other. We just give each other a break. Like, she doesn't moan at me for playing football. Um, we encourage each other to go out. We encourage each other to have friends and we have people over. Um, and we just try and support each other. And, and we used to have a rule, actually, that whatever we called each other in the middle of the night, we couldn't mention again the next day. So <laughs> yeah. we literally, like, I can't talk, I can't say the words on this podcast, but you can imagine, like, the worst thing you could call each other, we'd call each other. <laughs> and then the next day, we wouldn't be, like, sulking for three days and not talking to each other. We'd just be like, it didn't happen. It's fine. Yeah. Because you know, we're under pressure. Um, it's difficult, um, you know, and I think, Again, as with all these things that I've said, it's just my personal opinion. We we want to create an example for our children of supporting each other and getting on with each other and being nice to each other. And it is hard sometimes. And we do get on each other's nerves and like everybody does. But we want to create that environment for our kids and we want them to be happy and we want our house to be happy. So we have to work really hard at that. Um, and, you know going out for a drink or even just we've got we're fortunate enough to have a hot tub we might get in the hot tub with a bottle of wine and you know just have a chat um, yeah. with the stars up in the air and you know it sounds amazing thing. yeah that's no, cool it's it's not as good as it sounds because it's freezing the, the trip from the hot tub to the house is freezing um, but and you spend the whole time thinking i wonder if one of the kids have woken up um but in, no but seriously like just little things like that it's just you've got to remember that you two were a couple before they came along and you've just got, when they leave the house in 20 years, you don't want to be sitting there thinking we haven't got anything in common anymore. Or we don't, we haven't got nothing to talk about. So I think yeah. it's important that like you're again, like I keep saying, it's like my, my disclaimer. It's just my opinion is like, we want to be best mate. So like we've got to yeah. support for each other. Yeah, of course. And it's nice. It's nice for them to see, of course, grow up seeing yeah. that. Um, but that's really positive. Um, but thanks for being so honest and coming on this podcast to talk with us. Um, okay. Is there any last-minute pockets of wisdom you can share for any listeners who are either pregnant um, or early stages of raising their own set of multiples? <laughs> um, I think I'd just say run your own race. Don't worry so much about what everybody else is doing. I remember being obsessed with the fact that Henry wasn't walking because he's 11 months and someone else is. And yeah. they're not eating sticks of broccoli when my kids just want to eat alphabet shapes. Like, whatever, <laughs> whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, do your own thing, run your own race, don't compare yourself to anyone else um, and just try and enjoy it. I mean, already Henry's eight and he's already like, I'm not allowed to walk. So when we get to school, he's not allowed to walk next to me um, to go in the gate, he has to. I have to stop ten yards down the road, and he goes on his own because he's so cool. Um, so <laughs> you never get that back, you know. Like I can yeah. ask, I can ask any of the girls for a cuddle, and they'll come and cuddle me. Whereas Henry probably doesn't cuddle me that often, um, and and they grow up so quickly. So you've just got to embrace it and enjoy it, and just try and love every minute of it because. I think your parents say this to you and you think, oh, yeah, whatever. But it, it is true. You know, they do grow up quickly. And um, before you know it, you're wishing you had a little baby again. So, Aww. yeah, that's probably my advice. Just just do your own thing. Don't 
I mean, obviously, books and internets and podcasts are helpful, but don't don't judge yourself against anybody else. Just do what's right for you and your kids and your family. Yeah, thanks. That's so right. Um, totally agree. Thank you so much for coming on today. It's been so great speaking with you. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. Do join us again next time for another episode of All Things Early Years. Thanks for joining us and to our guest today. Tune in next month. And in the meantime, pop over to our website and follow us on social media. Kids Planet, working together to inspire your world.